This is Mitch Dow from Branding Experiences, and you're listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. Act Local, Act local Marketing for Small business. business, episode 125. And there's no stopping us right now. I feel so close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, Marketing for Small Business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing, Act Local will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kaylin features a new tip you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio.
I'm the boomer gal, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome to Act Local, Marketing for Small Business, episode 125. Each week here on Act Local Marketing, I share a strategy with you I call today's takeaway, where you receive at least one action item that you could walk away with now, implement, and grow your business. I also invite a special guest expert every week to help you with some aspect of your business's growth. And today's guest is a marketing expert. He is a thought leader in strategic marketing and customer loyalty, so you don't want to miss this. Have you heard the statistic that it's five to six times less expensive to keep the customer you already have than to go out and find a new one? Businesses that have a strategy to reduce customer defections, let's call them, in addition to customer acquisition, are leveraging the best of both business growth opportunities. Your customers have more choices than ever before in the history of history. The internet has made the world flat again. You're connected to every corner of the globe at every moment with a device that literally fits in your pocket. In the past, businesses focused almost solely on customer acquisition. It hasn't been until recently that the idea of retention marketing, as they call it today, retention marketing, those strategies that keep customers, has recently become a focus. You're familiar with the 80-20 rule, right? So according to Gartner Group, 80% of your business's future revenue will come from 20% of your existing customers. So why don't more businesses spend time on retention rather than on acquisition? Because tracking success of retention requires more work, first of all, and often advanced technology than acquisition of new customers would take you. Harvard Business School stated that increasing customer retention rates by 5% could increase profits anywhere between 25 to 95%. Let's get to today's takeaway. I promised you an action item that you could take with you today that will help you grow your business. So here it is. There are many customer retention strategies available to you, but I want to highlight just two things to keep in mind. First, Gallup, uh, the people that do the polling, right, Gallup polls, they did a study that concluded that when it comes to customer service, speed comes in second to quality with your customers. Customers were nine times more likely to engage with a brand when the customer service was rated as courteous, willing, and helpful. So evaluate your customer service practices and make sure your customers have a reason to consider your business courteous, willing, and helpful in solving their customer service-related issues. The second is that customers like businesses that know them. Learning your customers' names, remembering what their favorite purchases are, their likes and dislikes or special needs is invaluable to customer retention. And get your whole team in on the action. Make the practice of knowing your customers a team effort. That way, anyone in the organization can help a loyal customer as a first point of contact. Do these two things, 
and you will be well on your way to developing a successful customer loyalty program that is profitable and feels good too. Drop me a line to ask at actlocalmarketing.com and I'll point you in the right direction for finding more methods to implement retention marketing into your business. And that is today's takeaway. Please connect with me. Find me on Facebook or Twitter or Google Plus or Pinterest or, you know, all the biggies and follow me. That way I will meet you and get to know you better. And please tell your social media followers about Act Local Marketing. You can subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review in iTunes. Those reviews are very helpful to me in getting noticed at the store. And then I can reach more busy uh, business owners like you and help them expand their help them expand our economy. That's what I'm trying to say by growing their businesses. I'm a big believer that the more methods that we all understand using to grow our businesses, the better off our entire communities and the ripple effect out to the full economy will be felt and we can fix this whole thing together. Anyway, it's time for a short break. And when we get back, my guest Noah Fleming is here. And he's ready to step to the front of the room. So stay tuned. I feel so close to you right now. Tax Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Hey, Act Local fans, this is Kaylin Amadio, and I have an exciting announcement. Today, October 7th, 2014, I'm launching a new podcast to celebrate the realization of a dream. You've heard me speak often on Act Local about the book I've been writing. Well, that book is becoming a reality. I have a contract to publish The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media. Soon, baby boomers everywhere will have all my strategies and guidelines in one swell book that'll help them build a map to social media success. To help promote The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media and subsequent books in this series, I've put together The Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast, where boomers like me and like you can come together to learn, share, and grow a thriving business and a vibrant life. This podcast is 30 minutes in length and comes in both audio and video formats. I interview guest experts on business, finance, health, wellness, longevity, food, sex, dating, and more. You don't want to miss this next chapter in my life because I'm going to help you live yours more fully. Check out boomersultimateguidepodcast.com. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. 
Welcome back. I'm Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. And I want to introduce you to my guest today, Noah Fleming. Noah, very simply, is a marketing expert. As a thought leader in strategic marketing and customer loyalty, he helps clients dramatically and rapidly increase sales, multiply profits, and maximize customer value. He is the trusted source for coaching and consulting to thousands, and I mean thousands, of owners, executives, and individuals. Noah is the author of the Amazon number one best-selling book in the sales and marketing category. It's called Evergreen. Cultivate the enduring customer loyalty that keeps your business thriving. He is an expert blogger for Fast Company Magazine. We love Fast Company. And a regular contributor to the Globe and Mail's report on business section. And Noah has been routinely quoted and mentioned in publications like Forbes, New York Times, Reuters, and more. Noah, welcome to Act Local Marketing. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. And thanks for that wonderful introduction. Well, I always appreciate when people take the time to come uh, visit the Act Local Marketing family here and share some of their golden nuggets so that we can all improve our businesses. Um, do me a favor, and I always collect an entrepreneurial journey from someone that I'm meeting for the first time. So I've, I've told everyone a little bit about you now, but how did you end up doing what it is you do? How did you get here in a nutshell? Well, the, the very uh, quick way to explain that was I came out of school, uh, I don't know how many years ago now, multiple years ago, and I, I went looking for a job in the corporate world and I found one. It took me a year and I finally found one. And about three hours into my first day, I realized I had made a big mistake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I realized that I didn't want to be in the corporate world. And so that was, I think, I would say 13, 14 years ago now. Uh, so six months after I got that job, I, I walked out and I started working with very small businesses. So anybody in my local town, uh, small mom and pop restaurants, uh, the local store, and that sort of expanded into smaller companies, into medium-sized companies. And now I'm working with much larger companies. So I've worked with over a thousand uh, entrepreneurs, owners, executives since since around 2005 in approximately 75 different industries. I think there's probably more. Uh, so I've had a lot of experience working with these people. And what I really became uh, interested in and really sort of narrowed in on and focused on was the concept of customer loyalty, the concept of customer retention and maximizing customer value. And so that's how I sort of came to be uh where I am now and wrote this book and really focusing that now with all my clients. Excellent. And I'm, I'm so glad that you gave us more of that background because act local, uh, marketing for small business act local as, as we say is about the, the local economy and how local businesses can be using some of these big business tactics. And of course, uh, everything that's happening on the internet, you can imagine working with, with, local businesses in Main Street USA and mom and pop, they were slow to adopt all of the mm -hmm. online stuff. So, And many of them are still confused by it. So that's a lot of what this podcast is about, is is trying to help them bring them into the 21st century, if you will, so that they can really be using these practices that the big businesses clearly know that they have to use, but uh, you know, make it comfortable for them and understandable for them. So I'm glad you've seen it you know from top to bottom because you're gonna you're gonna really be able to narrow this down for people and help them out 
So I appreciate well, that. Yeah. And one of the things I say when I speak to, I, I speak to a number of audiences. Uh, some are very small businesses, local companies, uh, local, you know, just like what we're talking about. And I say to them right away is that I'm no different. You know, I am a local business. I am a small local business. That's what I am. Uh, and so what I do to market my company and to grow my business is no different than what they should be doing. Right. That, and exactly. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Exactly. So it makes sense. So tell me, this is something that um, intellectually I know makes sense, but I don't always follow my own advice. You know, that's one of the worst things about, uh, I guess, being a human being is that we have lots of experiences and we're willing to give other people the advice from our experiences, but we don't always eat our own dog food, if you will. You know, we don't always follow it ourselves, but we see so many companies uh, in a frantic chase after that new customer, the new, you know, if you go to networking events, oh, the new customer and trying to make new connections and new, 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 new. And I've seen statistics that tell us that it's something like, I don't know, you probably know better than I do, five to six times less expensive to retain and continue to do business with the customers you already have than chase new customers all the time. So why is it that our first inclination is to chase after those new customers rather than um, spending the time and effort to create the deeper and possibly more profitable relationships with customers we already have. Mm-hmm. So the first, the first part of that is the the statistic that you mentioned, which is the classic uh, statistic in the sort of business marketing, customer service, customer retention world. Is that you know it's five to six times less expensive to keep the existing customer, and I think the the. The statistic itself came from uh, Frederick Reichelt, who wrote uh, one of the most famous books on loyalty. He created the uh, he created the uh, Net Promoter Score, which is a loyalty uh, score. But I think it's the worst business advice in the world. And not to discredit this this genius of a man, but I think it's it's became the worst business advice in the world because nobody tells us what to actually do with that, how to actually take that and grow our companies. And so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to show people how to actually take that next step and really not only make it five to six times uh, less expensive, but five to six times more profitable. Right. So in the, you know, in the marketing world, uh, the concept of retention, the concept of keeping a customer, the concept of nurturing them again, it, it's sort of boring, right? It's sort yeah. of, it's, sort of uh, hard to understand and how to figure out how to actually take that step and make that customer more profitable. Marketing, advertising, um, sales ventures, all that stuff is the sexy stuff. It's the stuff that feels good. It's fun. And we also feel like we're doing something, but we also get pretty immediate feedback on how good we're doing, uh, how well things are performing. And so in Evergreen, I use this sort of cheeky comment that we're addicted to sex, right? Because marketing is sexy. Marketing is glitzy. Marketing is glamorous most of the time, where the other stuff that I'm talking about is the boring stuff. Um, So here's the thing. Why do we chase new customers? Because every business, we need new customers to grow and we need them to thrive. But in almost every uh, case, every person I talk to, every example, uh, every business that I'm involved with, they have this massive, They sometimes not massive, but they have this base of customers that likes them, 
that already enjoys what they're doing, that has said, I'm willing to give you money in exchange for what you do. Right. And what happens is most of the time those businesses have already moved on They because they don't focus there. They don't realize that, you know, cultivating that relationship through ongoing marketing would actually help. They might spend more. They might tell others. Uh, they might uh, visit more often. So all that stuff starts to happen when you start to develop those relationships. Everyone has had uh, an experience. In fact, the one that just popped in my head as you were talking is, oh gosh. So my husband and I will have been married this June, 24 years. All right. So pretty early on in our marriage. In fact, after we had our first child, we decided it was time to get life insurance. And someone connected. We didn't know anything about life insurance. Somebody connected us to a guy, and we bought a life insurance policy. Uh, and I literally have never seen this man again, ever, yeah. ever, right? Not even correspondence. It's like, and I'm realizing now in hindsight, you know, once that deal was done, he had sold another life insurance policy, and that was it. And we've Wait. since we've since left him and moved to someone else who we have developed a relationship with for our insurance needs, not just life insurance, but all our insurance needs and someone who checks up on us and who wants to know when things are changing and how he can help make our lives better. Right. And that's kind of what you're talking about. It's exactly what I'm talking about. And in fact, it's a, it's a funny example that you brought up. I don't know if you've had a chance to read evergreen or not. I have not I, yet, but I promise but I, I will. But I specifically give the example of the insurance industry. <laughs> and I say, you know, this is an industry where for a long time it didn't matter. For a long time they could sort of churn and burn through customers as long as they close the deal, right? Always be closing. As long as they got to that point, that was all they needed to do. And you typically stuck with them. You typically stuck with them for 10, 15, 20 years was sort of the retention rate in the industry. Right. Uh, but that industry has changed because now we can hop online and we can instantly get a better quote uh, or or we can get introduced to somebody that goes the, to the next step. They're marketing. They're out there in the community. Uh, they're they're keeping in touch with us, all that other stuff you're saying. So that industry in particular and the banking industry is another one where things are changing dramatically. And those companies, uh, if they want to succeed, if they want to thrive, they need to take that next step because they're not going to because there's somebody else that's going to do all those things like you're saying, like this great agent you found now. Exactly. That's so interesting. I didn't. I didn't realize I was. Uh, I was setting you up there, but I'm. I'm glad I did. <laughs> so t tell us, what is the secret to customer retention? What should we be doing differently? Well, so it, what I wanted to do when I wrote Evergreen was I looked at my own business. I looked at my clients, everybody that I'd been working with, and then I looked at the things that I was doing, and I wanted to figure out. What is the secret here? Is there some sort of commonality between my clients, uh, between my own business, and between some of the best companies in the world? Because I was really good at uh, retention. I had my own communities of people. I had my own uh, subscription bases. I had money coming in on a regular basis, almost on autopilot, like a you know like a utility bill. And I was looking at my clients that were thriving or the clients that I helped to get to that point. And I started to notice some key commonalities, these distinctions that I could find that they were doing differently. And so I called these uh, the three C's of evergreen companies. And if I could, I'll just explain those sure. briefly for your audience. So yeah, the first I'd love to C, hear it. So the first C was character. 
Now, character is the is my way of talking about positioning. Uh, the first thing that comes to the customer's mind when they think about your business. So it's almost analogous to a person. It's the brand personality. It's who your customers think you are. Um, so the principle of character is really about defining, crafting, and presenting the character traits that you want customers to associate with your company. So what does that mean? How do I uh, break that down? For a solo entrepreneur, a solo professional, or a very small business, more often than not, the character is actually the person running the business. So the character becomes that person. They need to build that person to become uh, more than just a service provider, but to be somebody that people, customers want to associate and attach themselves to. So you know this, uh, many of your followers, I'm going to guess, they're followers because they like what you do, but they're really interested because they like what Kaylin does. They like to be interested. They like to stay on top of what you're going to do next, the next thing you're doing. So you become the character. Uh, there's examples of this of in my book of tire shops, for example, where you know you can have the standard tire shop, but then there's Bill's tire shop, and then I talk about all the things that Bill is doing to build that character. And then there's examples of this in big companies, which become obvious, like Amazon and Jeff Bezos. Bezos has a strong character, but there's also a character of the brand itself. And that that really um, resonates with customers and with my own clients, for example, small restaurants. They build this sense of character that people want to be a part of. The second C is community. And we all know that the best uh, companies in the world, the the sense of community is growing faster and more stronger than ever before. And so the best companies right now are recognizing that there's this need to create structures to allow communities to form. So again, what does that mean? In a small business, a local business, you can structure and build a sense of community for something as simple as a monthly newsletter, right? This is something that I tell all of my very small clients that they absolutely need to be doing. They need to be publishing monthly uh, content that's interesting, that's not just sales material, but it tells them what's happened in the business, what's coming up, uh, what customers are saying what, so there's the social proof element, and then you can build in the little promotions and things like that. But every small business, I believe, could benefit from publishing some sort of monthly newsletter, whether it's in print, whether it's electronic, doesn't matter. But that's one concept of that. Uh, Okay. We talk about we talk about the importance of Facebook pages, right, and Twitter profiles. Mm -hmm. Those things can also facilitate the structure of community if you welcome that customer engagement, if you play along with that, if you get involved. Um, en so that's engagement being a key word there. Engagement is yeah. absolutely the key word, and so so we've got character, we've got community. So I say character is really. You know, it's your why, right? Simon Sinek talks about the power of why. Yes. Uh, community is really your who, right? This is who you're doing it for. And then the final C is content. And content is the shorthand that I'm using for whatever it is you give to customers, whatever they buy from you. And the biggest issue is that most of us in business, especially small businesses, we believe that our content is the most important thing. We believe that that's our sole existence for living. But it's not right? Content isn't enough to keep a customer coming back again and again and again and again. Because if you're a pizza restaurant, for example, there's probably a dozen other pizza restaurants within a kilometer of you or a mile. <laughs> That's the Canadian measurement. But, <laughs> yeah, no is in Canada, um, yes. just so that you know. 
But so there's probably a dozen other competitors that have the same content. And probably many of them have just as good a pizza, maybe if not better. So you need to start thinking about, okay, if our content is very similar, we have a restaurant, we know we offer a great experience, we know we have great service, how do we now 10x that? How do we take that to the next level? Mm -hmm. So our content becomes not our sole focus, but we, again, we start to focus more on our character and our community. So I almost look at them like this. Your your what? The thing you do is actually... Um, if you think of the old food pyramid, right? The old food pyramid had wheat and grains as at the bottom as the most important thing. Uh -huh. And we've, we've realized now 30, 40 years later after eating <laughs> tons of wheat and grain and, and everybody's got diabetes, you know, that, oh, we might have had that wrong, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> now, now we actually believe that you need to eat far less wheat and grain and, uh, and carbohydrates. And so it's very similar to content, character, and community. Content, what you did, used to be at the bottom, used to be most important. Mm -hmm. But now I believe that's actually propelled, uh, perpetuated, and and improved by improving these other aspects of your business first. Okay. So that was that was a very sort of uh, short breakdown of you know six core chapters of Evergreen. But I hope that gives your listeners a sense of um, what I'm seeing out there. Right. No, it makes a lot of sense to me. And now uh, I'm looking uh, forward to reading your book even more because I, you know, I like diving into to the details. That's, you know, one of the good and the bad things about me is, you know, sometimes I can get lost in the weeds a little bit, but I like getting down into these nitty gritty details because then things really make sense. Okay. So you had brought up uh, social media, which of course is, is a great way to build community, even for a local business and a lot of local businesses, uh, didn't believe this several years ago. They thought, I'm local. Why do I care about Facebook? That's a national and international website. What difference does it make? And and they've seen results from other local businesses, uh, perhaps their neighbors or their competitors or just, you know, case studies they've read here or there. But they've heard the news <laughs> that social media is clearly something that a, a local business can be using. Now, what I see happen, most of my clients are uh, baby boomers, right? We're the over 50 crowd. So this was even more unique to, to many of them. You know, how do you use this stuff? And they their first mistake was thinking that social media was a platform of advertising. So they were not so much communicating as they were using it to push messages out. Now, we hear this word uh, authenticity a lot. As, as a buzzword within our community, Noah. So mm -hmm. explain for my audience how they can inject the, you know, the character and the community and the authenticity into, into the content in their social media communications. Yeah. So again, a couple interesting points you made there that I that I heard. The first, you know, being that many uh, small businesses didn't believe that they needed to be in on social media. They didn't need to be there, right? Right. And and, and I see that too. And it's still common. You know, I think there was a quote recently where it said uh, something like less than fifty percent of Canadian businesses actually have a website, right? right? Well, if you don't have a website at this point you've almost missed the website stage, right? Like, mm -hmm. like it's like, it's like getting DVD now, 
right? DVD yeah. is done almost. <laughs> and and by the way, I've heard just recently this year, 2015, that in the U.S. it's 43% of small businesses still don't have websites. So there you go. So so the good news for them is they've almost missed the website stage. So it's, again, <laughs> like getting a beta player or a VHS player now. You know, you can say, okay, we've skipped that. Um, the thing I say about social media is a little bit different, and, and I've been told it's a little bit more of a refreshing look. I don't believe every business needs to be there unless that's where uh, their community, their ideal customers, their ideal buyers, uh, the people that fit their customer profiles – actually are using and hanging out. Now, we can make a case, well, everybody's using Facebook, right? Yeah. Well, it's not really true. Facebook actually has a big problem right now with 13 to 16-year-old kids. They, they're not attracting them. Um, I think the biggest demographic on Facebook is the over 60 crowd. It's, it's a very odd uh, number. It's a very odd statistic, but that's the reality of it. But what I say to my clients is find out what makes sense for you. So instead, going back to that concept of being addicted to the sexy part of marketing, instead of thinking that all of a sudden you have to be on Pinterest, on Instagram, uh, making six second videos on Vine, <laughs> you know, yeah. and doing all these things, look at your customer base first and figure out where are they, where do they fit into this thing and ask yourself what makes sense for them. And so, yeah, you know what? They might review a restaurant on Yelp. Then maybe that's a good place to to uh, respond to some of the the feedback, the criticism, the positive praise. Maybe they're on TripAdvisor, or maybe they are very active on Facebook. Maybe your audience, your core ideal demographic, fits that that place. And in that case, I would tell you, you need to be there. And so I tell my customers and my clients, you know, go where they are. If you don't know. Ask them. Ask them what they're using. Figure out how they're staying in touch. If most of your demographic is, uh, your most of your ideal customers are 18 to 25 year old kids, then you know 99% of them are mobile and staring at their phones all day long. So you need to be mobile. You know, these are just sort of the simple questions I ask myself and my clients. And instead of jumping from one thing to the next, just get really smart about it and figure out where are they and then how do you actually get there. Um, the second thing you mentioned was the concept of authenticity. Again, something else I talk about in the book that all these people come out and say we need to be authentic. We need to be transparent. But then they don't actually tell us what that really means. You know, yeah. and, and sometimes I struggle with this as well, because what does that really mean? How much do you want to share? How much is too much? But we've seen these small businesses that get one bad review and they go and they explode on this person. Right. And it's all public <laughs> online and they share all this and they just go crazy. That's, you know, that's pretty authentic. Right. That's pretty. Yes. Yeah. True. You got a point. Yes right, of the person you are dealing with. And so sometimes the concept of authenticity and transparency is actually a little bit wrong um, because you don't want, if you know, if that's the type of person you are, um, your business is going to suffer because of it. And so, again, I talk about this in the book. There's an old Japanese uh, word where they use that people have a public face and they have sort of a, a persona of a face. And on Facebook, we see people trying to put out more of the persona face as opposed to more of really who they are. Mm -hmm. And so I think you just need to really focus on, you know, what are your strengths? What makes you uh, unique? What makes you interesting? And then really just be honest with yourself. And, you know, if somebody leaves you a poor negative review or some really nasty feedback, um, 
you know, take a step back and, and really ask yourself, I might be fuming out the ears. I might want to just tear this person apart, but is that going to do any good for my business? And the reality is 99 times out of 10, it's absolutely not going to. Right. Well, I, I love what you said. It's, it's about, uh, first of all, being able to be patient, which, which not everyone is when you're the, the digital world moves very quickly. So those messages are constantly, you know, coming and going, but you're right. If you're going to let something rile you up that way, you know, they used to say, if you, if you write, you're angry and you write an email or a letter when you're angry, don't send it right away, put it in the drawer and then look at it later to make sure that you really, that's really what you want to say. And so right. that you can cool down. It's the same sort of thing if you're getting, if you're getting bad reviews. But the other thing that I would want people to think about in the bad review example is to step back and take a deep breath and say, could there be any truth to this? Uh, am I not seeing my business, you know, through the right lens? Let me look, let me step in their shoes because some bad reviews uh, literally are just, you know, people being vicious or petty or whatever. And you can s- sort of figure that out, but sometimes they're legitimate. And you need to, I mean, what a great way to be getting feedback and be able to improve your business by really looking at those reviews and saying, hmm, maybe there was a little bit of truth to this. Maybe I need to rethink, you know, this operating procedure or what have you. Right. There's a, there's a couple of things I say about that. Uh, the first is that a, a customer complaint uh, is often a gift. It's often a gift for a, a business that really understands the concept of customer retention, the concept of customer loyalty, that one piece of feedback, one piece of criticism uh, or a complaint might actually be the keys that help you save hundreds of other customers because there could be a problem. And, you know, so you need, you're right. You need to be able to take a step back and look at your business with an objective eye. Uh, the other thing that I give in Evergreen is I call it common sense customer service. And I sort of give you a simple diagnostic where I ask you to put your issue into a bucket, whether it's a customer complaint, something they've said to you on the spot, and then just simply ask yourself, is this complaint valid or is it invalid? And then I walk you through the steps about how to respond effectively, how to respond to this to keep it simple, to keep it, again, authentic, if we're going to use that, those terms, right. um, and do it and do it simply so it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make you look bad, but instead you address it properly. Um, you, you are embracing the concept of transparency and there's ways that you can do this and almost make it formulaic. So, you know, but you need to be able to look objectively exactly like you said and ask yourself, is there a legitimate problem here that I need to address? And if so, again, I sort of walk you through in the book, how to actually do that and how to actually go about fixing that. And then telling the customer that, yes, we've taken action on this. Here are the steps we've taken and here's what we're doing about it. Yeah, it's it's almost a uh, what a great way to diffuse uh, a negative feedback online if you could actually turn around to to someone or more than one someone who's complained about an issue and say, "You know what? We listened and we stepped back and we looked at this and you know what? You were right. So we've taken these steps to make changes." I I mean, imagine the goodwill that that creates and the fact that that you were actually listening and engaging with the community, as Noah said, that, that you should be building. I mean, that, that's, you know, that's what big, strong people are able to do. 
as opposed to taking it all, you know, personally and getting upset. This is, this is a business, you know, don't take it so personally learn from, from these examples. That's terrific advice. It's a gift. Absolutely. Uh, Noah, I have a couple more questions for you, but I want to take a quick break. Can you hold on? Sure can. Okay. Terrific. You're listening to act local marketing for small business with my guest today, Noah Fleming, and we will be back in just a minute. Axe Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Once there was a smart baby boomer that loved her business. She knew that to grow it, she would need marketing. So she went for a search on the internet and came across all sorts of social media. She went on all the sites and opened accounts, but after starting profiles on all of them, she began to feel overwhelmed. To do all the marketing experts told her to do was just too big a task. She needed a change. Because she was a smart entrepreneur, she chose two of the popular social media sites to market her business. But after months and months, it didn't seem to make any difference. And she saw other savvy business owners using different sites here and blogging over there. When suddenly, she noticed more clever baby boomers going to iKalen.com and leaving so happy, she just had to see for herself. iKalen.com helped her make a marketing plan to grow her business that wasn't too big and wasn't too little. It was just right. So close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome back. This is Kaylin Amadio, and you're listening to Act Local, marketing for small business with my guest today, Noah Fleming. You know, Noah is the author of an Amazon number one bestselling book. It's called evergreen cultivate the enduring customer loyalty that keeps your business thriving and he's been giving us so many gold nuggets uh right out of the book you got to go buy the book so that you can really get down into the nitty-gritty but he's he's been explaining to us the some of the secrets behind customer retention and why customer retention is likely a more profitable way to be running your business than to constantly chase after the next new customer, which is the way we did it for for decades. But, you know, the world has changed thanks to the interwebs. You know, thank you, Al Gore, for inventing the Internet <laughs> and giving us this opportunity to communicate in a different way. And it's changed how we build communities, right? Now we build communities online. And although that's a foreign concept to many local business owners or older business owners, it's a reality, and learning how to interact in these online communities or build community 
for your business online as well as as what you've always done offline is is going to make your business more profitable and give you the longevity to stay in the 21st century and to be passing that business uh, on to the next generation or to even you know when you decide you're ready to to move somewhere warmer and you you spent uh, a lifetime building this business perhaps you want to sell it so that it can move on well you owe it to yourself to have as many of the tools in place as possible to keep that business profitable moving forward and ignoring the changes that have happened and saying i've always done things this way you know why should i change that that's not going to be helpful to you right you owe it to to your to the longevity of your business and to your legacy right of having built that business to make sure all the right things are in place moving forward so here's something that that people talk about sometimes and and this is this is a balancing scale right we have we have some customers, Noah, that we absolutely love, and you wish you had a hundred more just like them. And then sometimes you have customers that you think to yourself, hmm, you know, I wish I hadn't taken them on, or I don't want to do another project with them, or they've been, uh, you know, more work than they were worth. And people who really track, you know, time and dollars and have systems for that can sometimes even tell that this customer costs them money rather than we're able to make them money. So how do we nurture the profitable customers while sort of, you know, pruning or firing, (laughs) as some (laughs) of us say, you know, the customers that are really draining us of our time and money? Yeah. So there's, there's two types of, of problem customers, in my opinion, (laughs) I call them uh, problem children and hungry hippos. And so <laughs> if you remember the old game, Hungry Hippos, yeah. uh, where all the marbles went in and, and everybody banged the hippos and whoever could eat the most marbles was the winner. Um, we have customers who are like hungry hippos where they're constantly trying to take advantage of us. So they're always looking for a better deal. Uh, they're always looking to try and use extra uh, coupons or discounts. Uh, they're the ones that, you know, take the all you can eat buffet to the extreme and yeah. they keep going around the line and around the line. Uh, so hungry hippos try to take advantage of us in, in multiple ways. And these are customers that more often than not, they sap a lot of time and energy away from uh, from your business, your profits, and even more importantly, your employees. I was with a uh, I was with a, a client recently and the phone rang and Everybody uh, looked at the. Somebody looked at the call display and said to the, all the other employees, "Oh, it's her, right?" And nobody wanted to answer the phone. <laughs> and to me, that's a big problem. And so she's she was sort of reminiscent of our second uh, problem customer, which I call the problem child. And the problem child is often a great customer. Uh, they're often considered a loyal customer because they come and they spend a lot of money. The issue with the problem child is they're insatiable. They're never happy. Uh, They're constantly complaining. They cause a lot of grief for our staff and for our employees. And sometimes you have to balance that out and say, you know, is this customer really worth it? And if not, then, you know, it's, it's not, um, it's, it's, you don't have to pander to that person and to pander to every single request because you can replace that customer with a more profitable customer. So how do you find more profitable customers? Well, the first way is you have to know who your profitable customers are. So again, some customers, some businesses have systems in place to know this. Many small businesses, local businesses have nothing. Right. Uh, 
I just watched a great show on Netflix and it was called The Chef's Table and it's a new series they've put out. And in the third or fourth episode of the show, there was a restaurant owner, a fine dining restaurant, but she kept a file on every single customer, a paper handwritten file on every customer, what they had, what they spent, when they visited, uh, what they were wearing, what the weather was like, who served them. That's a little extreme. But as a small business, we can easily start to track some simple customer data. Uh, When did we see them last? When did they come in? Many, many systems now, there's a cars, there's a Things that we can use with our point of ser- our point of sales machines uh, for swiping credit cards, for getting that information, knowing when they visited last. So that's one of the first keys: is you have to be able to know who they are. We can guess, and we can, and you know, and very small businesses often have an idea of who their top five customers are. Mm-hmm. But for the rest of us, uh, we need to have at least some sort of data so we can figure out who they are, and then a either how to attract more of them. Uh, more people like that. Is there a commonality or a distinction that you can see amongst those people? Or how do we take then the less profitable customers that are still good customers and move them up in there? And so my whole idea behind customer loyalty and all this stuff about community and character is that loyalty is built um, through ongoing day-to-day marketing to those customers. And again, marketing not meaning sales and promotion blasts every day, but interesting, unique things happening, whether it's happening on Facebook, newsletters, uh, email blasts, your website, when they come in to your actual shop. So whether there's events, uh, things you're doing, that's the key. The key is ongoing, consistent, day-to-day, in-and-out marketing to your existing client base, doing it with regularity. I watched another small business in my town where I live, and I'm sorry, I know I'm ranting here, but I'm just getting all (laughs) fired up. Um, I had a client that was doing a a Christmas promotion. They were doing a 12 days of Christmas promotion thing. And then there was another business in town who started doing a 12 days of Christmas promotion. And they were doing pretty well, except up until day six when it just stopped. And that's the type of thing that can't happen. You know, consistency is the key. My best clients uh, have started doing things like a simple newsletter and they've kept it up for four to five years, monthly, ongoing, regular. Uh, it's, It's sacrosanct to them. It's happening one way or the other. And these are the types of things that I believe uh Too many of us, we don't think about because we're too busy trying to run our business. We're too busy trying to focus on the content, the thing that we give instead of all this other important stuff. And then when we actually look at the business and we wonder, well, where are all our new clients? Where are all the new customers? Where are all our existing customers? They're gone. And then so we have to struggle now. We have to push and try and find new customers any way we can. And so that's when we start jumping from one thing to the next. Okay, Kayla, rant complete. Thank you. <laughs> I don't mind at all. And you know what? You just you just identified your point in building relationships with existing customers versus constantly looking for new customers because you said one of the ways that, that we start to figure out who these profitable customers are and how to find more of them is you might, maybe in my head, I'm using the word data. I don't remember if you use the word data, but once you start talking about analytics and data and keeping count and tracking, that's when people's eyes glaze over a little bit and they say, that's not sexy. That's not fun. That's not marketing. 
that's work. Why do I want to do that? Right. And that's, I'm sure where the ball gets dropped because that's not the fun part. That's exactly where the ball gets dropped. Yeah. But But, it's so important. Otherwise, you know, who was it? Peter Drucker that said, if you're, if you're not um, keeping data, you've got nothing to measure. So how do you know if you're doing better? You know, you ask yourself this. So if, if you, and I keep using the example of a restaurant just because we, I'm sure you have restaurant owners that listen, uh, but they're easy examples to make. But if a, if a customer comes into a restaurant today, he's a customer today. Um, is he a customer since six months from now, even though you've got his email address, you have some data on him, you know where he lives. Uh, he, he subscribes to your Facebook page. Is he still a customer? And I ask this to, to people and they look at me and they say, well, yeah, of course he's still a customer. And the answer is he's not. He's not a customer because these, this idea of customer lifetime value is different for every business. And for a restaurant, I would say that the lifetime that they need to be measuring is somewhere around 30 to 60 days. And so we need to know if that customer hasn't come back in 30 to 60 days. And if that customer has not come back, then I would consider that a lost customer. So now you're in a reactivation mode. So a hair salon, another easy example. How often do people get their hair cut? Well, I know for me, it's, you know, guys, it's probably every couple weeks. Uh, Women, I don't really know. My wife seems to go often and it costs a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) But, But again, a salon can easily keep that information. And in three months, if they haven't seen somebody, they have for some reason lost that customer. And so that is money. Uh, future potential value, potential revenue, uh, potential income in your call your kid's college fund gone because we've lost that customer. So, you know, saying it's hard work, not sexy, uh, boring to keep that information. I agree. A lot of people I, I would wholeheartedly agree with that, but it's profitable. It's what makes money. Um, it's what grows a business and it's what keeps those revenues coming to you when you start to recognize these things. So-and-so hasn't been with us in a while. Let's find out why. And if you don't like doing the not fun part, there's no reason why you can't bring someone in to set it up for you and train staff to start tracking it anyway, right? It you don't, you don't it, have to tackle this yourself if, if it you know makes you want to you know, blow the top of your head off with uh, all all the stuff that you're going to have to do to start tracking this data. If it makes your head hurt, then you don't have to actually do it, but you need to bring someone in that can start to set all of that up for you. Because if you're, you know, it what Noah just said, that's the part that's going to make you more profitable. So don't make your head hurt. You can get somebody <laughs> like Noah. Noah, how could people find you? People can find me on my website, which is noahfleming1mandfleming.com. They can find Evergreen anywhere books are sold. There's audiobook version. uh, There's e-books. There's hardcover. Anything they like, they can find me on Twitter, at Noah Fleming, or they can email me, noah at noahfleming.com. And, of course, everyone, there will be links on this particular episode of the podcast over on the website at actlocalmarketing.com. So if you weren't, you were in a place where you couldn't write any of this down, no worries. Just come back to uh, search the word evergreen or search for Noah Fleming 
and you will be able to find this particular episode of the podcast and you will find the links that Noah just told us about. And there's more in the book that that we haven't actually had the time to talk about. I didn't get a chance to ask him about how how we build these loyalty programs and and how do you turn a customer into uh, an advocate for your business so that they're they're doing the word of mouth thing for you. You know, they're telling everybody else in town how wonderful your dry cleaners is, right? Those are the kinds of things that you want to be able to to propagate and that you want to nurture and and create the opportunity for. And there's there's so much more in the book. You're going to have to pick up the book. And again, it's called Evergreen: Cultivate the Enduring Customer Loyalty That Keeps Your Business Thriving. Noah Fleming, thank you so much for taking time at Act Local Marketing today. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. I really appreciate your time. And out there, you know, you've been listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business, where we release a new episode every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern Time so that you can take at least one more step forward in growing your business profitably. And until next time, I would very much like you to take care. Join Kaylin for more marketing madness each week on Act Local Marketing. It will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Act Local Marketing for Small Business goes live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern and can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and at actlocalmarketing.com. Have a question for Act Local? Email Kaylin at ask at actlocalmarketing.com. That's A-S-K at actlocalmarketing.com. And she may answer you right on air. Make sure to include your name and business website for a free shout out. Don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about Act Local and leave Kaylin a review at the iTunes store. See you next time on Act Local Marketing for Small Business.